you will. The door closed and the speaker turned back to Katrin, smiled charmingly and offered a hand. Roger Swain, Assistant Deputy Subcontroller Film Division. I'm so sorry we were late and that you were subjected to Flaxton. His department's conducting a humour survey to examine public attitudes towards the civil defence services, and he's run out of internal victims. Did you laugh? Not much, I'm afraid. Good. Film division? That's correct. It's Miss Cole, is it? Or Mrs. Mrs. Your husband's in the forces, or is he another one of us pen-pushers? He's an artist, she said the word with pride. An artist? Roger raised an eyebrow. Would I have heard of him? Ellis Cole. Uh, rings a bell. Pit wheels, belching chimneys, that type of thing. That's right. And is he keeping busy? He's working on a short contract from the War Artists Committee, four paintings for the Ministry of Supply. It didn't sound much, she knew, but Roger nodded politely. Splendid. Well, we'd better get started, I suppose. This... Buckley, said the older man laconically, seating himself on one corner of the desk and folding his arms across the shelf of his paunch. He had a slab of fair hair, a narrow ginger moustache and teeth that looked rather sharp. He was smiling, but the effect was more predatory than welcoming. I've been told I'm a special adviser, he said, though not it transpires special enough to actually get paid. Well, shall you? Yes. Can't be helped. And you're much younger than I thought you'd be. What are you? Twenty-one? Twenty-two? His tone was accusatory. She felt herself beginning to redden. Nearly twenty, she said. Saints preserve us. Here. He slid a thin sheaf of paper across the desktop. Read it. Tell me what you think. She looked at him uncertainly. Read it he said with deliberation, and she hurriedly bent her head. It was a short script, carelessly typed on paper so thin that she could see the shadow of her fingers through every sheet. Biting the Bullet 1. Exterior. Brown's Armaments Factory. Evening. Noise of machines, etc. 2. Interior Factory. Rows of production lines, women working away producing bullet casings. Close-up of two young women in partic, shouting at each other over the noise of the machines. Ruby. Are you going out somewhere special tonight, Joan? Joan. Yes, I am. I'm meeting Charlie at the Palais. He's got a weekend pass and I can't wait for a dance. What about you? Ruby. No, I'm simply too tired. I've been working seven days straight. I'm staying in and going to bed early. Joan. I don't blame you. I could sleep for a whole week. Roll on the end of the shift. Ruby. There's only another five minutes to go. Joan. Just another five minutes to go, girls. The other women cheer and then carry on working. Three. Interior glass-walled office to one side of the factory floor. A manageress is doing paperwork. The clock behind her shows one minute to eight. The phone rings. Manageress. Day manageress speaking. Oh, hello, Mr. Carr. Yes. Yes, we had no problems making that order. Yes, that's right. The clock hand moves to eight o'clock and a bell rings. Four. Interior factory. 
The women on the production line start to shut down their machines and leave the floor, hurrying past the office. 5. Interior Office Manageress I'm sorry, Mr. Carr. What was that you said? An emergency order? You need a hundred gross of bullets? By tomorrow morning? Joan and Ruby, passing the open office door, overhear this and grimace at each other. They wait to hear what the manageress says. Manageress. I'm afraid that's simply impossible. My girls have worked hard all day. They're dead beat. A whole group of girls are listening at the door now. Manageress. No, I can't ask them to stay on, even if it is for the sake of our soldiers. Ruby bites her lip. Manageress. No, I'm sorry, Mr. Carr. I know our troops are in desperate need, but you're asking me to push my workers beyond what is physically possible, and I can't... Ruby makes a decision.